Welcome to Freeform Radio on the Freeform Network. You can follow us on Twitter at FFR Podcast. You can send your questions and suggestions to ffnquestions at gmail.com. Again, this is Freeform Radio. We have Danny. Yes, sir, man. Just strolled in, clicked on the mic, and I'm live. And um, I don't know what else I am, but I am live. Or live, whichever. I don't, I don't know if we decided that from last episode. Well, I guess that's a good thing. And we got Noel. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Glad to be here again. And then um, it's all good, Andy. We're uh, back in Adam here on a new episode this week. Uh, just trying to get through this uh, uh, Midwest winter, Chicago winter. It's January, which is we're like in the thick of it where it gets uh, the days are long and dark and gray. So, uh, but we're going to plow ahead and uh, the weather, the snow is holding up. So we're doing all right. But uh, let's just jump right into it. We got uh, Noel here, and uh, he's uh, ready to talk about. He's been very active lately. Uh, uh, let's go with. Uh, I see uh, you want to talk some UFC. So it looks like someone just uh, got released after some disputes. I think I saw something about this on Twitter, but break it down for us, Noel. What's going on? All right. So uh, Francis and Ganu. Uh, if you guys don't know is probably one of the best heavyweights to have uh, graced the act again in the, the last, I would say, 10 years. Wow. Probably, probably in the whole history of the UFC, to be honest with you. He's a, a, a talented fighter. You said heavyweight? Like, he's a heavyweight, yeah. Okay. Uh, he actually, I think, kind of not struggles to make the weight, but uh, he, he's a pretty heavy guy. He's probably like 250 or something like that. He, he drafts on 235. <clears throat> Really big guy. Uh, if you guys have never, if you guys don't know who I'm talking about, Google him. He is, man, he, he is an imposing force in that division. Uh, he was rising up the ranks a couple years ago, and he ended up fighting uh, for the title on two occasions. Uh, the first time he ended up uh, losing, uh, it was, I think, lost by decision, but he did pretty well for for fighting up uh, Stipe Miocic, who was the champion at the time. He ended up fighting a second time with Stipe Miocic, and he absolutely, like, flatlined him, dude. He, he knocked him cold to the point where, like, he fell backwards on his own leg. Like, it looked really bad. And uh, he he won the title at that point, which was uh, a couple years back at this point. I think it's almost, like, two and a half years or something like that, three years. And <clears throat> he defended his belt a few times as well. Did really well uh, as a as a fighter and as a just a, a good sportsman. You know, um, a lot of people liked him and were you know behind him, and uh, wanted to see him continue to fight. Uh, the problem is, he wants to be what most would like to be in the UFC, which is they claim to be independent contractors, but the way the UFC works, the way the contract works for them. It won't allow them to be in any other organization or fight for any other organization. But like boxing, um, when you are an independent contractor and you choose to fight for multiple organizations, you can have multiple titles in different organizations and you can, you know, make just, you know, boatloads of money. So Nganu wanted to, you know, he wanted to test his abilities in boxing. And unfortunately, with that contract with the UFC, he's not able to. Uh, because of that, you know, that clause where you can't fight for anyone else. So as the as that fight, the second one where he won the title, uh, his contract was getting close to being wrapped up. He had a title defense against Cyril Gan. Um, he's a, a French um, fighter as well. And he's one of those uh, kickboxers that can, you know, just put your lights out, you know, instantly. And so that was a, a really hyped up matchup. And around that time, people were saying, well, if Nganu wins, you know, what's going to happen? How, how is this contract going to play out? Is the UFC going to be forced to allow him to do boxing? And that's what he was saying. People were saying, oh, he doesn't want to fight because he's scared. Uh, he, he, he doesn't want to fight because the money. And every time Francis kept saying, he's like, I don't want to fight. I, I want to fight, but I don't want this contract because this contract restricts me. It limits me to this company and <clears throat> it limits my potential. And so, you know, most 
true diehard like UFC and MMA fans understood where he was coming from on that because the the UFC does kind of pull some unusual things that although they call them independent contractors like I'm saying it's it's really you might as well like it's kind of like when the WWE you can't just go to WCW you can't go to AEW and all these other organizations you are almost like an employee of the one organization you're a part of so anyway, long story short, to kind of, you know, I give you the backstory there. Francis Ngannou was in negotiations for like about two years and they weren't able to get to terms. He he was like dead set. He's like, you got to put in the contract that you're going to allow me to box. Otherwise, I'm not signing shit. And unfortunately, they, they didn't want to do that. And uh, so they ended up releasing him. He is the current champion. But uh, they released him. So he's a free agent. Um, they're going to fill the vacancy of the title with a John Jones versus Cyril Gan, the guy that Nganu beat. And he beat him. Nganu beat him with a fucking like, messed up ankle or a messed up knee that needed surgery. And he beat him like decisively, like pretty well. Uh, I have a question also. Going back to his release, does he have... Uh... They, did they agree to like a no complete uh, compete clause? Like usually in wrestling, because you know they're independent contractors. Usually when they get released, they ask for the release, they grant it to them. But there's usually like a ninety day no complete clause, or even longer, depending on the length of the contract. Well, I think Andy, that's when you get fired from the WWE. I don't know if your contract just expires. If they have even if it recourse, expires, they does it. Okay. They they have it in their like, or even now what they're doing lately. The big one most recently was Rey Mysterio. He got hurt in one of his last contracts. He was hurt for three months. They're like, oh, my contract's up like in August. Like, no, you gotta work the three months that you were injured. So they like it's some clause in their contract that automatically extends it the length that you were injured, unless you got you agreed to some type of terms of release. Well, when when uh, Nganu beat Gane to defend his title, because he was still champion, it extended his contract for like another six months or something, which gave the UFC time to try to negotiate for those six months or eight months or whatever it is. But now that negotiations have fallen through, I think what you're saying is true. But I think all that's it's like it's it's a you know, it's not valid anymore. Like at this point, he has been released to the point where he can go wherever he wants. Uh, even Dana White had said as much that he is free to do whatever he wants to do now. Like he's no longer part of the UFC, he's no longer champion in the UFC, and he he kind of put him, he threw him under the bus, unfortunately, Dana White. But I mean, what else is he gonna do? You know, he, yeah, that, he's a promoter. He's gonna, that's what I'm saying. Like if you get a full release, I mean, good good for him. But sometimes when people get released, they don't <laughs> want him to show up on TV or your competitors. Uh, right. company like breaking news like two days later i i signed with bellator some new mma startup or the boxing thing i kind of get right now because it's kind of like uh entertainment where the, like thriller and you get these like mixed martial art guys and boxing and all these people just fighting like that's that's what people are watching so there's money to be made even like with mcgregor and mayweather like that was just a ton of money because it was like uh, a, a spectacle, like, oh, what's going to happen here? Right. You, know? you don't want to be like uh, Rick Rude and just show up uh, the very next day for taping. Yeah, to, uh, yeah. To the competitors. <laughs> well, you know the story yeah. on that, right? They had it like right, a right. So they, but, they, he's like he he screwed over events or whatever. But whatever. Yeah. Right. I I know in AEW or some of the smaller um, organizations, they allow open contracts where you can go and compete in other organizations and you can go wrestle in other places. So maybe this uh, Francis guy wanted to try to bridge that gap as well and bring that feature to UFC. But obviously UFC is in big competition with other MMA companies and maybe they just didn't want to do it. Yeah, I mean, ultimately it's their loss, man, because Francis is, is a legitimate threat to any heavyweight in any other organization. Uh, I don't doubt he's going to be a champion wherever he goes, uh, whatever organization he, he signs up with. But they just got uh, – Nate Diaz also got released this year. so Or not this year, 2022 he got released. Now we're in 2023. So we'll, we'll see. With them two out there, we'll see what happens. But uh, I'll keep you guys posted. 
uh, kind of shifting here now. Uh, I ended up seeing that new Avatar movie, uh, the James really? Cameron's huh. Avatar Two: uh, Way of Water. It's, uh, it's an interesting movie, man. <laughs> like visually, it is like a masterpiece, though. Visually, it is so beautiful, man. Man, and watching it in theaters is like a unique experience. I, I had to see it that way because, um, you know, there were some copies released out there <clears throat> like you can find on the internet but i wanted to see the real deal experience and i, I kind of wanted to put my money towards it too you know it was only like you know 11 bucks for the ticket and i was like you know what let me, let me check it out in theaters it's a three hour and 20 minute movie about there so it's a long one man it's a slow burn but uh it, it does do the character development right uh it, it, I, there was a couple parts that i i kind of predicted what was going to happen but you, you get it. You get everything, man. You, you get the drama. You know. You get the the symbolic spiritualism of the of the movie, and then you get tons of action, like explosions wow. left and right. And, you know, it's kind of like watching Rambo, but like on this planet called Pandora. Hey, is that girl from Aliens? Is she back? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she's no, in okay. it. Uh, it. She's in it in in a uh, different way than you would imagine, though. But she is in it. She she has her own like appearances and what's her name Sigourney Weaver something? Sigourney Weaver yeah. yeah 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 dude she uh so her character uh, have you seen the first one either you guys yeah I, I yeah I saw the first one I I actually liked it um I know a lot of people were kind of I was kind of hearing like some bashing of Avatar two I don't know if it's just because it took so long because it was like ten years in development it was some like outrageous thing. Yeah. So, so I don't know if that's what was getting some of the negative light that I saw, but I was kind of hyped to see it. I I don't know about theater hype because theaters are kind of expensive nowadays, but I, I definitely want to check it out and see if it's uh, worth the wait. That, that's why they're expensive because this movie was made for the theater. I mean, I think uh, Cameron made some comments recently about the, the movies and uh, versus streaming and like what, the theater option brings especially like this with the 3d and i don't know what else he did and like the the surround sound the the theater sound and uh he's another one that's coming out against the streaming uh not screaming but he had his critiques of it and along with some other people but uh I, like exactly this is the movie unfortunately with hollywood this is a type of movie that uh it's expensive but it's because they want people to go to the theater and like the like the tarantino movies they're never gonna make this much movie i mean people go watch them but i mean there's just it's all talk you know it's just it's a it's a fucking movie this is like just a it's a what did they used to call a must watch event or whatever and that's the feeling i get from avatar but there was some critiques of it uh uh like always now with everything and um I don't know. I I do remember watching the first one, and I was I was like it visually was amazing. The story was, I think if I remember, it was like against corporations and stuff, and like fighting native peoples. That that was kind of like the undertone. But this one, I I saw some stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it when it comes on. Uh, so Disney made it. Maybe it'll be on Disney Plus or Hulu. One of those two. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how soon it goes out there. Hopefully, it does. Remaining theaters a little longer. Uh, I saw it. It's almost at the two billion uh, at the time of this recording. I think it's almost at two billion, or yeah, around there, two billion. So we'll see if it if it passes that by the time we upload this. But um, I, I do recommend it, man. Like it, it's a good movie. Uh, a lot of people were bashing it, um, and they say that the story is kind of generic, and I, I I disagree because. There are elements of the story that, yeah, can be predicted, right? There's there's certain things that, that unfold in a way where I'm like, I can see where this is going. Right, yeah. But that's for a lot of movies nowadays. A lot of movies that get Oscar nominations can be predicted as well. Like, oh, hey, these people like each other and they're the same sex? Oh, I wonder what's going to happen. It's just like we already know, like, there's so many of these movies that are being put out there that are, you know – Still good movies, even if they're predictable. So Wait, it's like, the Avatar people are gay now. No, no, I'm, or there's I, I was a saying, characters in the in the like, like the human. 
there, there's certain movies like uh, I forgot which one. There was one with like Kirsten Dunst, I think, where there was like uh, the Queen of England and and like her her like helper. They they ended up like falling in love or something. There's another movie, uh, Just Call Me My by My Name or something like that. I never saw it, right? But it has like a a typical premise that's predictable. Yet people really enjoyed it, and they got like Oscar nominations. And I'm like, this movie, although I mean, there's there's really not like a lot of similarities between those movies and this one. I'm just saying that the stories can be predictable, yet it could still be worth telling. You know, it's a, it could be a good story, even though there's elements of it that you're like, I could see where this is going. You know? No, yeah, exactly. I mean, that today, especially with today's movie, that you know the being all inclusive and stuff like you know it, it is what it is i'm not knocking it but it, sometimes it's a little in your face but yeah i was just thought the the characters of uh the avid the i forgot the name of the race that's on that planet's name i thought like oh now there's gay uh people smurfs. like that <laughs> <laughs> well i mean the smurfs obviously it's all gay because there's one chick right and then everybody else was just dudes so I oh know. really i never thought about that dang <laughs> Yeah, man, they just ruined my childhood, man. I, I watched Smurf a couple times, but when you're a kid, you don't think about that. But when you're older, you're just like, uh, what the hell's going on here? Or yeah, is Thundercats the same way? What the hell's going on, Chitara, man? I think Chitara yeah. got down with the group, man, except the kids. Yeah, Jesus. even Snar- Snarf or Snarl wasn't down too, man. <laughs> even Jack as a ghost, I think, was down too. <laughs> but, but anyway, going going back to the Avatar. Uh, the people you're talking about is called the Navi. That's the race. And uh, w- what's cool is that it's multiple different tribes. And in this movie, you get to see a new tribe. And it's kind of like where the first one was people that lived in like a, a foresty, rainforest, jungle type area, kind of like more akin to like Africa type. This one is more like the Maori, like the Pacific Islands kind of thing, or maybe even like Australia, New Zealand type of thing. Because uh, th- there's moments where the warriors in this new area, they, they stick out their tongues kind of like the Maoris and they, they kind of have like the same attitude and, and like this like uh, warrior mentality. And it, it was really cool to see, man. Um, I, I do recommend it to people. Uh, it's got, you know, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good positive points to it. And the spirituality part, I always dug. I always thought that was really cool. And like I said, it, it's beautifully like done cinematically it's it's like a, one of his best works but um yeah to shift it to a different movie and uh probably wrap it up on this one here for for my uh weekend update i watched uh violent night um it's a movie with uh what's his name the guy from stranger things right uh it, it's kind of like a mix between like die hard and home alone and they even like kind of give homage to both of those movies in different ways. Um, he says Yippie Kaye. <laughs> no, that would be too on the nose. Uh, but but he does have his his one liners. He does have the you know the people that he sneaks up and and you know starts murdering. Uh, it's essentially a similar story where there there's people that are trying to you know um, take hold people hostage in exchange for money. And uh, to kind of give you just like it's not a spoiler, but to kind of give you like the little background here, uh, there's a woman that's very, very rich. Um, she was she she has tremendous amounts of money in the movie. It'll explain how she got that money. But all, all you need to know for, for right now is that she has a lot of money. These people want it and they're willing to hold their, you know, their family hostage for her to give it up. Right. Like the, the access to the vault or, or whatever it is. And so <laughs> this guy from Stranger Things, uh, man, what's his name? I know his last name is Harbor. Um, he, he ends, he's Santa Claus in this movie. And he ends up, you know, coming across this situation uh, throughout his, you know, journey to give presents to the kids and everything. And so he wants to save this little girl that's a part of this hostage situation. And the little girl has her moments, too, where... It kind of reminds me of Home Alone, where she sets up some traps and shit, and it's it, it's funny, man. It, it's a good movie for just like turning your brain off and watching some action, 
with uh, just some funny moments. Uh, John Leguizamo's in it. He he does really well as as the the he's kind of like the villain, the main villain. And uh, you, you have a few familiar faces. The girl from Christmas Vacations there, the wife. I uh, can't remember her name. The character. Beverly D'Angelo. Yeah, yeah, she is the main, the rich woman, like the executive business owner, and um, yeah, dude, it, it's worth watching. I don't want to say too much more because I don't want to spoil it. It's it's actually it was kind of cool to, to see it and to see the angle that they put on it, where Santa Claus. It goes into like Norse mythology, and it's really cool, man. I think you guys should check it out. A lot of blood, a lot of gore. It's rated R, you know. It's it's more for an adult, so it's like a imagine Die Hard and Home Alone for for adults. Sweet man, <laughs> I actually want to see it, so I think I might have to put it on my radar and watch it one of these days. <laughs> for sure, man. But yeah, uh, shifting it over to you, Daniel. Looks like you've been uh, starting something new. Looks like you started uh, Superman and Lois. Well, what are your yeah, thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, man. You know, I I just watched the first EP uh, episode for you, Andy. Um, but yeah, I watched the uh, Superman and Lois, and man, I gotta say, this is a totally different show than what I was expecting. Uh, I don't I don't really even know what I was expecting because is knew... this the one from the '90s or the new one on was it CW? Yeah, this is newish. I think in the last two, three years, yeah, I want to say. Okay. Um, and it's where basically Superman and Lois get married. They have twins, and it's him trying to be a father and a family dynamic kind of thing. And um, I know CW did this multiverse thing for um, uh, Crisis Infinite or whatever it was called. Arrow. Uh, right, uh, and it all got blended in. But I watched the first episode and, you know, I, I had gotten like 15, 20 minutes into it. And then Alana came to join me. She was doing something else. And then she came and sat down on the couch and I'm like, oh, man, she's going to really dig this. So I'm like, yeah, let's start this episode over so you could see the start. And so I rewind it, watch it again. And, I, and I'm thinking it's going to be like really impactful for her. I'm I'm like totally geeked out with Superman, so I'm just like, man, this is awesome, and this is really cool. I'm really digging it. And then uh, we get to the end of the episode, or not to the end of the episode, but we're, we're having dinner, and just in conversation, I'm just like, yeah, so, you know, that is a weird dynamic, right? How Superman's a dad now, and he's trying to take care of these two teen kids and the way he deals with them. And she's just like, eh, it was okay. And I was just like, wow, man, it was <laughs> it was it was just like, oh, my God, man, I was so connected to it that I was just I couldn't wait to watch the next episode. And it, it I saw it kind of fell flat for Alana and she's just like, ah, it's just kind of like any other dumb teen movie. He's just like, there's too many of these, uh, you know, kind of like kids having issues and then the dad can't connect. And then the whole episode, they're having issues like connecting where the son's like, you're not my dad or whatever. He didn't <laughs> literally say that, but it was kind of like that vibe. And at the end, everything just magically, you know, corrects itself. And then they all hug it out and they're like, man, we're going to start a new life. Yes. And it's like this super happy ending, you know, at the very end. So she's just like, ah, it seemed kind of a little phony or a little like too rushed. And with Alana, man, she we hundred percent agree with her. And I haven't watched the show. I like her <laughs> assessment of the uh, <laughs> right of this show. And and I do kind of agree with that in, in in most cases. But maybe this is a show that it was. It, it is obviously a pilot, so maybe they're trying to show uh, production companies out there like this is what the the theme that we're kind of going for. So you kind of have to put some kind of finality in it maybe. And maybe they felt the best way to end the episode was to kind of show that, yeah, even though they struggled through the entirety of the episode, one hour episode that at the end, it finally resolved itself. But uh, it needless to say, I I'm kind of pumped to see the rest of the episodes. I think they did two seasons so far and I don't believe they got canceled. So uh, hopefully there'll be more, but so far from the first episode I saw, I was really, really excited. Now, you, you, you saw this one, right, Noel? Uh, what, what were your thoughts on it? Oh, man, I, I really love the show, dude. I was really surprised because CW is, like, very much hit or miss. 
that when I watched it and I, I gave it its time to, to, you know, see every episode, um, I ended up binging it too because they took hiatuses throughout. It was like, it was filmed during COVID. Like you said, it was like two or three years ago. So it was like right in the midst of COVID and it was like a lot of delays and shit. But dude, the, the show holds up. It's got great writing, great CGI. Like everything is cool. And I can see where Alana was coming from, but it is a pilot, like you said. I think she needs to give it a chance, watch a couple more episodes, and, and before she like gives her final verdict, because Lois hasn't really had a chance to shine, but there is a chance for everyone to have their moment. It's not just about Superman, but it does hold Superman in the spotlight the way it should, but she also has her moment to, to shine and uh, to make an impact. And I think it's going to be good. I think you're going to like it. Yeah, to be honest, I don't know if I'm going to watch any more with Alana. I think I'm going to watch the rest of it by myself. Like, get cut off, woman. <laughs> I don't need you to spoil my love of this one. That dynamic where you love something and your spouse, your right. wife doesn't. And like it kind of like it's, not, it messes sours up. Sours it a little bit. Yeah. yeah because you, you want to do something together, but they don't like it, which is fine. But then they're like, let's watch something together. And you're like, well, I only got like limited time before I go to bed or whatever the case might be. And you're like, I want to watch this. And then you got to watch some other crap or like settle, compromise, you know. Right, and right. It's not what I really wanted to watch. And to be honest, I, we do have other shows that we watch together. We're watching Narcos right now, which I haven't really talked about it on the show, uh, on the podcast. But we're watching Narcos. And then our kind of like wind down, chill. Uh, we've been rewatching King of Queens, so we we got a couple of shows that we watched together. Uh, but yeah, it, this was one that she was doing something else, so I started watching it because I'm like, well, I'm interested in Superman. Let me see how this is. And when she came and joined me, I was really taken by the first like 15 minutes of the episode. Then I'm like, oh, she's gonna love this thing, man. Let me start it over because it's it's that good. But nah, I guess I didn't catcher but i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens maybe she'll pick up the rest but um to noel's thing i did actually go to the theater i totally forgot about this but when you brought up the theaters i went to the theater to go see that new uh megan movie that um artificial intelligent robot movie um i i kind of saw these on trailers here and there when it was rolling up to the release but I had totally forgotten about this. And then suddenly it just popped up all over my feeds, like all, all over uh, YouTube and Facebook, the trailers. Uh, and especially like that dancing, you know, little scene that she does kept popping up. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And then I was just like, yes, I remember seeing this uh, trailer. Uh, so I got reinterested in it. I, uh, Noel's or Junior's not really into um horror movies too much or he is into it but he gets freaked out really easy so um i i told alana mike i really want to go watch this so it sounds like we might have to do it as a date night thing if we're going to go see it at the theaters or we could ask junior see if he wants to go and when we asked him he seemed really game for it he's just like yeah yeah let's go see it so all three of us went we went to a local theater here by us and the movie was half decent, man. I I would give it like a seven or maybe even an eight. Oh, but dang. yeah, but wow. I, but I it, now granted it's not a great great movie, but it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Um, kind of light in the horrorish. It's more drama, I would say, and kind of just the. Um, it's kind of like Jaws, where Jaws the two-thirds of the movie you don't even see a lot of the action and a lot of like the terror it's more like the last third is like the action part where all the you know the the shark is doing all the work and that's kind of how megan is it's a slow burn the first two-thirds you kind of see like little bits of this crazy robot and then it's the last third that kind of like ramps it up and you just see this robot go nuts but yeah it was it was pretty cool um, you know, the usual, what, what's going to happen when these robots become sentient and they become smart and they don't want to get turned off when you tell them to turn off. And it, it, there was a scene, Andy, I know you've seen this video, but 
there was a scene when they were testing the robot like before it became megan uh and they were kind of just like working out the programming kinks where the guy's like hitting hitting the robot with like a soft bat and trying to like knock it over and they're testing out it's like you know er ergodynamics to make sure that it could balance itself and right. it just re it reminded me of those videos that that are out there where they're like beating up on like robots and trying to get them to like stand and balance themselves while they're crossing bridges and shit like that man and i'm like man this is like real life this is what people are doing out there with robotics yeah. right now bill burr has a bit about that like when the computer the robots take over they're gonna when we're on trial for being assholes they're gonna show all those videos where we're fucking up all those robots right <laughs> and you know all this bullshit and like like that's the videos they're gonna show where we're fucking hitting them with bats and stuff and like look what you did to us and because they're uh that's why we had to overtake you and stuff like that and then um yeah i see it is uh, Me megan is trending on twitter and i see all these posts about it and uh yeah, it, I, I forgot. Did it, it? Did Eli Roth direct this, or he produced it, right? Or no? It's by that Blumhouse. Yeah, the Blumhouse or whatever. Blumhouse. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they 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 agreed to make. There was some backstory about it. They weren't gonna. They weren't gonna make. Uh, they they have a rule where they don't make like uh, sequels or something. Okay. But they're talking about this one might get it, or there's gonna be like some uh, type of universe, kind of like the Conjuring. They're, right. they're, gonna, they, they're gonna do that i did see like a quick behind the scenes because the robot looks really eerie and i'm like man is this like a animatronic or is it like a live actor so i kind of saw a little behind the scenes and in it the director and whatnot they did make mention something to the fact of um yeah so and so came to me with this idea uh, or came to me with a, an idea for like a horror movie and I was kind of soft on it, but then while I'm chewing that project over, he presented uh, Megan, and I was just like, "Yes, I kind of like that first idea, but let's do Megan while we while we figure out that first one." And so this was like the the movie they settled on to to produce and make uh, while they're I guess they're working out this other big project that he wants to do. But yeah, it was pretty good for for people out there that like that child's play. Uh, that like that iRobot kind of stuff where robots become sentient. Uh, this is a, a, a good thriller uh, horror movie uh, that's good, maybe not great or excellent. Nothing like uh, the way Noel is mentioning Avatar, but it's it, it's worth a it's worth a, a watch for 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 people out there that like horror movies and, and are interested in seeing robots take over. But uh, really cool, man. I have. I know you're into horror, Noel. Have you seen the trailers? Are you, are you even interested in this? You know, I, I was contemplating whether to see that in the in the theaters because I saw what was available to watch, and I saw Megan was there, and there's another horror movie that was there too. And I was like, ah, oh, man, I think Avatar won out because I've just been waiting for it for so long, and I'm like, ah, I'll, I'll wait for Megan when it comes out, you know, on on Blu-ray or whatever. Um, and, and I wanted to see what other people reviewed too. So it is on my radar to watch, but, uh, it wasn't high on the list. Yeah. I don't know if it's theater watch, but it, I, I think, uh, it, when it gets released, uh, on DVDs or Blu-rays or whatever, I, I think you should definitely give it a watch. Um, yeah, I was kind of the same way. I'm like, man, what, what do we watch? We're, we're sitting here at home kind of surfing through Netflix and a few other things. And, uh barbarian came out and i think you noel said that that was a really good one uh i enjoyed the hell out of that one that was pretty creepy man <laughs> right uh, so i'm flipping through and i'm like yeah i think noel said barbarian's really good but really quick as i'm flipping through i ran across airplane and a lot just like oh i've never seen that that's kind of weird that uh airplanes in the name and then it has this like <laughs> twisted airplane so classic so I'm sorry, Noel. I know you you were Noel was in the back of my head telling me barbarian, barbarian. I was just like, oh man, I can't pass up airplane if Alana's never seen this thing. Oh so, yeah. So popped it in, man, and it it had me going, man. I was just laughing, and stuff was still having me pop. 
and I, I think after the movie was over, I asked Alana, I'm like, so you never seen that? And she's like, I think I've seen pieces because some of it looked familiar, uh, but that she had never really paid attention to it. But uh, she was laughing. Some jokes are just timeless and some do have a time limit because there's some that uh, I understand because I've seen this when I was a kid, but I could see Junior watching it and being like, I don't get it. Uh, so <laughs> uh, definitely a movie of its time. It has a lot of one liners. I love the I picked a bad day to quit smoking. Right. And then uh, when the captain order walks into the airport and he has all these people trying to talk to him, he's just fucking them all up. Yeah, I don't. I, I just think that's <laughs> funny, but I don't know if that's like a ripoff from another movie. Because, so I don't get that reference. And uh, this is really uh, not the first, but one of the first that put those like uh, spoof movies together, like um, a scary movie where they pick a bunch of movies and put it into one scary movie and kind of make fun of it. Because there are a lot of funny scenes that are in there that are referencing other movies. I like the the one where um, they have to do the autopilot and then... Uh, oh, it deflates? It, they have to, you have to inflate them and then it has the blow here or whatever. And then the autopilot has just a big smile on his head with a cigarette afterwards. Right, right. <laughs> I was just like, oh man, this is hilarious. And then um, did you ever see the sequel where they... they the new airplane they fly into space. Yeah, yeah. William Shatner. Dude, I, is that the one? I don't know if you remember, but I was telling Alana, I'm like, I wonder if this airplane movie is the censored version or the uncensored. Because, you know, watching it on TV, you always watch the censored yeah, version. Yeah. Um, but I recall there being a scene where they're walking through the airport and they pass by the x-ray machine. And it kind of shows regular x-ray stuff as some people walk by. But then there's this chick, there's this lady like with big jugs. And as she walks by, it just shows her boobs kind of jiggling as she's walking by the x-ray machine. And when I didn't see that scene, I'm like, oh, this must be uh, like the the edited version. Uh, but then I the but then I started thinking, one. I'm like, is that on part two? Maybe, that, I maybe that's I'm, part two. Yeah, so. Yeah, I guess I'll have to watch part two to find out and, and, and watch some jiggling titties that I remember when I was a teenage kid. <laughs> <laughs> but Andy, speaking of jiggles, man, jump over to you, man. Clerks 3, man. Uh, I'm assuming you just watched this. Uh, this came out a, a minute ago, but are you just getting around to watching this? Yeah, I just uh, I bought the Blu-ray. I actually pre-ordered it. Um because it was uh people were in the twitterverse were going crazy about it and i mean i love clerks i watched the first one the second one i you know the animated cartoon um and people were saying that it was kind of uh it was kind of a downer movie and then right in the beginning i'm, I'm not going to give too much details but yeah it was like oh shit like he did something to one of the characters and then uh and then the, he does his little opus to clerks. Uh, like it's a typical Kevin Smith movie. He goes like he calls. It, he goes back to the well. He starts rehashing stuff from the first movie and the second movie, and then uh, he has a ton of cameos, right? And then, uh, then he has like some serious moments, and then. Uh, you get to the ending where it's all like uh, melodramatic, but I mean, for me, watching these uh, characters since like the '90s, I mean, I was able to to, to get plowed through it and stuff. But overall, I mean, I, I recommend it. Uh, it puts your, uh, uh, like I said, the the characters. It's since the '90s, you know. It's it, 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 I watched it's thirty plus years now, and 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 it's. Uh, Without giving out too much details, it is uh, kind of uh, not sad. I want to say it's just, I guess, what happens to one of the characters. Because uh, what he was going through um, had to happen. And, uh, and then they do their usual shtick, and then uh, it, it keeps going. But I, I do recommend it. I mean, I don't know if you guys ever seen uh, uh, Clerks or Clerks 2. Um because Clerks 2, it actually had 
See, the problem was like with Clerks 2, it was like a different story. You see where they're up to, those characters. And this one, it kind of like just rehashes, I feel like, the first Clerks. But uh, going back, did you guys see Clerks 2 at all? You know, I, I think I watched it, but it was so long ago. It was around the time that I was like, um, it was probably like the early 2000s, I think I watched it. I watched that, Jay and Silent Bob, Strikes Back. I, I watched a bunch of those, Dogma. I was really into the whole Kevin Smith stuff, Mallrats. So I do know his work, but I, I just can't remember the story-wise what happened. Yeah, they it, it was Clerks 2 is when they go into that movies the uh like the McDonald's ripoff in the and US, I, yeah, yeah in his universe and, yeah and so they they're going and they become like um uh, you know workers for the movies uh chain for food and so that's where part 2 takes place mostly and then it's got that um that one uh actor i forget her name now but Anyways, yeah, part two was was half decent. You know, it, it, I kind of liked part one obviously better, but I thought Clerks three was uh, well done as well. I mean, it's at Cameo Fest, so everybody's just taking you know coming in in cameo spot. Uh, almost all the original actors from Clerks one come back, and and uh, it it is sad because there is a, a finality to it, and uh, there's a sadness to that, but. I think there's only so many times that you can come back and do the same fart jokes and, and still get a pop and still get people to come back. And and I think Kevin Smith kind of sees that, especially with the Jane Silent Bob movies. I think they've slowly, as more and more come out, they've performed less and less. So I, I think he kind of sees that he, if, you, if you're not going to invent something new or direct something new, that your audiences, your diehards are only going to watch it for so much before that same fart joke is just not as funny or, or it's not appealing anymore. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, reboot, uh, Jane Silent Bob reboot. I was kind of excited for that movie, and then I watched it, and I'm just like, like, it has some jokes, but there's not, like, no, there, the story was, like, kind of wasn't the best, and it was just, like, a lot of cameos. And, like, the whole, like, uh, Jay and his kid story was, like, it was just, like, a background thing. It wasn't really in the main point, like, and then same thing with here. He, he, uh, Dante, the character, talks about his issues and after what he's been through. And, like, I think people can relate to that, but the way the, uh, you know, after going with what he went through, and then going, and he has his friend, and his friend, I mean, say what you will, Randall's a fucking asshole, but they've they've been together this whole time, and I mean, unfortunately for him to make him understand what a true friend Dante was and what he went through, that, that shit had to happen. And, like, you had to explain to him, and then Kevin Smith always said that he, he re- he's more, he's Randall in the fucking movie. So, and then I'm just like, I don't know. That was kind of weird to me, but yeah. I mean, overall, like I said, I, I do recommend it. Uh, uh, I bought the Blu-ray. I pre-ordered it. Um, he and Kevin in the intro is like, yeah, thanks for buying this physical media. <laughs> People say it's dead, but the reason we put it out because you guys bought a lot of uh, Jane Silent Bob reboot and Jane Silent Bob and all that. He goes, they, we made a ton of money <laughs> off of that, so thank you. And he goes, as long as you people continue to buy or continue to put out physical media. And then it has a track full of uh, extras. He has two documentaries, one about making Clerks 3 and one about Clerks. Like, I saw that too. And he talks about from the first one to the second one and to the animated show, uh, which was only six episodes. And then to this one, how he changed it up and um so it was pretty good to see some of that there was some insight that i knew i didn't know about and uh like going back to you said with your wife then like i knew my my wife's not gonna like this type of movie she doesn't like you know like you said fart jokes and (laughs) weed jokes she doesn't get that uh it's not her cup of tea but i was able to have a couple hours where i could watch this movie interrupted because you know we got i got a, a baby here at the house and uh that's uh that's about the that's why i had a chance to watch it because i've had the movie for at least a month 
and uh, I finally had some time to just watch it interrupted in like in the middle of a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> oh, nice! No, good, good movie. I I liked it, and yeah, kind of sad ending, but I think it worked out uh, the way I would envision a clerk street end. Yeah, so to me, I'm, I'm so I'm thinking like uh, the other characters, like are they gonna get another movie? And I'm like, I don't know who fucking knows, but uh, I I don't think so. But um, you know, it is what it is. I like it. I recommend it. The extras are awesome on on physical media. That's why uh, I still buy physical media, though people mock me for it. <laughs> but uh, you know, I highly recommend it. Check it out, even if you're not a Clerks fan. Um, or a view askew universe in this podcast, and uh, I highly recommend it. And then the extras, they're always awesome for me. So, and uh, the other thing I got is uh, another people like another like passing of the guard. I mean, of uh, a, a, a stump people. I was even when I was a kid, it was kind of like dying, you know, with evil Knievel and then his son. Like, I used to love all that shit. I don't know about you guys. I know Jackass kind of did some stupid shit, like carts, and then they kind of evolved in the movies. But it, it doesn't top with uh, Evil Knievel and his son, uh, Robbie Knievel, did. And, you know, the the reason I bring it up is because Robbie Knievel died uh, this week at the time that I was recording. And I did watch some of his stuff. I know he had a show on A&E for a while. Um, to me, that's like the end of that era because he doesn't have a son. Uh, he did some other stunts that his dad couldn't do. And then like his dad was just like a fucking legend in the 70s and even early 80s. Um, and some of the stuff, the videos that they would come up about him jumping, the, you know, the Caesars getting destroyed, the Snake River Canyon jump thing on this rocket. I don't know if you guys ever saw that. His uh, his Evil Knievel did and the crashes were horrific and his son did the the caesar's jump and he did a canyon jump too on a on a on a rocket or whatever if you want to call it that but uh he did a couple pay-per-views i remember seeing him do a couple stunts on fox that fox network uh in like the late 90s like and i used to watch all that shit and unfortunately he passed there's no number really to take up that mantle who does those stupid stunts um not stupid, but like jumping fucking ten buses, jumping Hummers, jumping fucking anything, you know. Uh, to me, to, that's an era that's bygone in today's kids. They got so much access to in front of them that like, you know, I don't know where it's gonna go. And I like they're they're satisfied with kids getting in uh, shopping carts and getting pushed down the fucking parking lot, you know. Like jackass. <laughs> yeah, like that's what I said. They look, they got that. Which is funny, I like that shit too, but like the grand spectacle of like, is he going to survive? Is He's on a motorcycle, they designed this motorcycle to get as much speed, and if he doesn't land right, he could fly off and shit, and all he got is his helmet and like beanstalks at the end, like hay, bean, bales of hay at the end, and you see him fucking fly into it, like I've seen that multiple times. And then they give the thumbs up, like alright man, he's cool, he's just gonna, they're going to take him to the hospital and shit, he's going to be jumping soon and stuff like that it's just a bygone era to me yeah i've never been a huge fan of robbie knievel uh or his old man but i i was entertained by him but i i never followed it with like great passion but you're right i mean before the internet era and before jackass this was the the quintessential you know stuntman and whenever you want to see zany or daredevil whenever yeah. you want to see zany stuff this this is the guy that you would watch to to see stuff like that yeah like his dad the the caesar's jump i don't know i mean i they used to play that on uh abc's world uh, wide world of sports like in slow motion him falling off the the motorcycle and just fucking sliding and shit riding over him like he had he must have had like a shitload of broken bones and like that one fucked him up and then there was another guy that tried to do it and i believe he died so no one ever attempted it again and then he did it i think in the late 80s or early 90s and he did the jump and he and he made it successfully 
And, you know, so everybody was, like, amazed because they said that was cursed or something. And then he did a pay-per-view where he challenged another daredevil from uh, the UK, and they they were jumping, like, buses and shit. I actually found that on YouTube the other day, and I was just – it was, like, a pay-per-view then in the fucking 90s, $20. And I was like, man, I don't know. I wish I had a cheater box because I wouldn't want to watch that, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, man, he, he definitely did some really crazy stuff that were just like outrageous. And with the attention span of kids nowadays, I don't know if they'd be willing to watch any of his specials because his specials, it was kind of like a long, drawn out process. Like he's going to jump the Grand Canyon. Yeah. And it was a half hour special about him jumping the Grand Canyon. So it was only one stunt. And people nowadays, they're used to jackass where they do like 10 zany things. So I don't even know if kids nowadays would be able to watch this. Well, that's why they like they brought in a fucking scientist from NASA to figure the mathematics out of this and what speed he needs to hit. And like they would like it was like uh, they would break it down for you, like what he needs to do to make this jump. And it was drawn out. Right. Like you said. And uh, today and then. He had to do it, right? Because there's no CGI. And today, when you see some stunts or something, like you're like, oh, that's fucking CGI, right? Instantly, you're like, this is fake. Like, uh, that's CGI, or it's uh, it's not. They did something to make it look like they did, but they didn't. Back then, they couldn't do that. So um, I, I, that's another thing where it's just like, dang, he fucking did it, or he got hurt. And um, it's just a bygone era. Like, the... Like I said, uh, the kids today, I get it. They got their own stuff. I'm not trying to sound like the old man, get off my lawn, but it is a bygone era. And I think that's like the end of it. It's like when Michael Jackson died too, like that was the connection. Think about that to like the old school Motown. Like what's left of all that, that that's pretty much it, man. I don't even think, you know, Barry Gordy don't even come out or nothing like with musicians and stuff and it's just slowly all that stuff's fading away and newer shit's coming up and it is what it is, I guess. But, you know, let us know what you guys think of that. If you're into that Daredevil stuff at FFNQuestions at gmail.com. Um, and, uh, you know, Rabbi Knievel, I hope he's, uh, keep, uh, you know, rest in peace. And then, uh, you know, let's lighten up the mood because this week's article, guys, it's a, it's a doozy. So let's go to our article of the week. <laughs> So the article of the week is it's it's turning into like a meme <laughs> and I fucking I I you can't make this shit up. So there's a, a police department in Tennessee um that involved five officers and uh they were basically banging one officer, a female, um and people got fired and suspended. So uh, the New York, the only legitimate, well, not, I want to call it legitimate, the only big news media talking about it that I found was the New York Post. Uh, it says a small Tennessee police station has been rocked by allegations of a wild se- sexual misconduct after a married female officer allegedly had steamy romps with six male officers, including illicit on-duty liaisons, corner reports. Uh I'm not going to name the officer's name, uh, the female, but uh, fellow, she, her and her fellow officers allegedly engaged in well sex capades that included sending dirty pictures, taking her top off at Girls Gone Wild hot tub party, and even having a fellatio with two officers at the police station. Um, I like the word to use, the steamy shenanigans were allegedly bragged about she bragged about the size of one of her co-workers junk and then she would tell him it's cool it's an open marriage um and then it went on from there um so yeah and the only reason all this caught kind of got it looked into was because uh the mayor of the city received a tip that the female officer was sleeping with several fellow cops and had a threesome with uh, somebody and the wife was in the, uh, 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 one of the officers and the wife. 
and um you know take it from there guys you know uh it's now on twitter it's like a joke about training seminars and there's other people on twitter talking about it was uh uh allegedly they had uh what the bad word is they put pulled trains on her and more than once and uh it's just like this is like a small department police force this isn't like a major metropolitan police um so it's just interesting to see what uh what 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 all this because i have a feeling that one of the persons that told the mayor was pissed that he wasn't having sex with her that's Doug, what my gut is telling me, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll put it out on the board. What do you guys think? Like, this is why you never, uh, you know, uh, have any type of relationships with people you work with. I guess it's a yeah. bad combination. Yeah, when I when I read this article, I was I was uh, a little surprised, but at the same time. It sounds believable. Like there, there's a lot of stories like this. They get like, you know, a lot, a lot of traction on YouTube that I've seen. Um, it's just a promiscuous world out there. And that I heard about open marriages and all that stuff. It's it's a crazy thing, dude. I could never see myself doing that. But uh, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. I mean, I, I used to. I grew up on the Jerry Springer era, so this isn't too crazy, but. Yeah, it was pretty interesting to see that this, like, police station is, like, it's going crazy. This girl's like a bicycle, man. Everybody got a ride. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, we, uh, Springer, like, but these are professionals. Uh, you have to go to some school and you have to get some training to be an officer. And then the other thing, her her husband's an officer in the same department. And so it's just like, this is like, I get it. They have an open relationship or, or open marriage. Why the hell didn't they go like outside of that like because then you could be like it's personal stuff but when you what it, when it's inside the work area then your officers and like it's just great like i can't believe i was reading this shit and all the memes that i saw about it and i'm just like you know this is insane yeah uh, to me the them having their sexual acts or whatever they're doing uh, you know, I don't agree with it, but that's on you. Whatever floats your boat and whatever makes you happy, I'm not going to judge you on that. I think what was the big problem for the department, at least, was that they were doing this while they were getting paid, that they were clocked in and, and doing these sexual acts uh, in the back locker room and the gym, uh, in their squad cars. So it, it became something where it, the taxpayers money are paying for you to be doing these shenanigans as they put them uh, <laughs> where if you're doing this at, in your in the privacy of your own home and it would have come out yeah it would be kind of like damn you know I can't believe this is going on but at the end of the day that's your private life and as long as you're not breaking the law more power to you over there um, but yeah as soon as you start doing it on the taxpayer dime then that's when people are going to start, you know, knocking on the chief store and be like, Hey, what the hell's going on over here? Yeah. That's the thing. Like it's, um, I think two or three officers got fired or, uh, not. Yeah. Two of them got fired. And I think the other three got suspended. And, and I think she, she got fired herself. I don't know about her husband. So, yeah, it's just I, I did read somewhere that her husband's like, yeah, I'm going to stick by my wife. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, OK. And um, I, yeah, again, it's just like you said, personal stuff. I get it. It, it, it has no bearing on your job, but obviously it, it did impact their job because stuff was going on at work. And I think that's what did everybody in. Yeah, for sure. Not the not the hotel parties and. Shit, I think that might have done them too because they didn't invite certain people. Maybe they didn't invite the sergeant or something. And he was like, yeah, I want a piece of that too. But, you know, um, it, it's just it, like always, man, it, it, you, when you make uh, decisions like this or you got to uh, suffer the consequences that come with them. And unfortunately, she, she, she lost her job. Nobody's blaming her for 
for doing what she did is just the the problem is she did it at work. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I I, I think my next article is coming from the same website, but I didn't really like the way the article was kind of structured because it did go into a lot of personal detail about their acts and and stuff like that. And where I don't think that stuff was as important as that they were doing it on the clock uh, in the police station and in their squad car. To me, that's where the article should have ended and not really gone into these details about their uh, rendezvous and them getting together after hours and doing other stuff. Uh, To me, that's private stuff between consenting adults Uh, that that's on you. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's so what's what I think it's what it's interesting is the the investigation. They had to ask all these people, all these officers in question, like, did you have sex with her? And then where did you go have sex? And was it here? And it's just like, uh, see, uh, one of them goes after then initially denying having sexual relationship. Uh, she later copped to the affairs and also admitting having sex with uh, at a motel after they met at a uh, at a center or like a go kart center, and then the other officer like denied it. But after like the they, they here they call it interrogation, he's like, yeah, I did that, and like so people were denying it up and across the board. Imagine having that. Like multiple times, just like, so are you sure you didn't have sex? Or like, we know you did. She said you did. Or the other guy said you did. You know, it's just like it it gets super personal. It gets very messy, like real quick, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. Well, anytime you're doing something, I'm presuming these people were married, these other four people that were involved in this thing. But yeah, I mean, if you're having shenanigans on the side, and your wife might not know it, but now because of this investigation, it comes out that, you know, you and four of the guys are, are you know, doing these things with this girl. It's it, it does become embarrassing for sure. So I'm sorry. Yeah, three of them were dismissed, and then the other three were suspended. They were like suspended, yeah. right? The HR director uh, sanctioned eight officers with various penalties. For sexual activity while on duty, sexual harassment, and conduct unbecoming of an officer, and lying during the course of the investigation. Uh, Then they revealed she texted a lot of people within the the department. Uh, So, Jesus, man, it's just like there's more people than initially uh, that that everybody's talking about. yeah, man, it like it's fucking weird. Uh, I don't know, people like uh, let us know what you, if you did any crazy shit at ffnquestions at gmail dot com, and uh, but overall, let us know what you think of the article. If you think this was right or people's personal lives doesn't matter, but I, I personally think that the problem is they did it at work, and that's what did them in. Yeah, yeah I agree. I mean, there's there's a time and place for everything, and and what people do in their private lives is it's their business. It's just when you're doing it on on text, you know, on the taxpayers' uh, dime. Oh shit, taxpayer dime, Noel man. Damn right, taxes are too high. Noel's pissed. He wasn't invited to that hotel party, man. (laughs) That was paying the the tax dollar, uh, the U.S. citizens' tax money, man. You see this tax hike that they did on the gas on the gas pricing, man. They want to take our stoves, and they're out there fucking at some. It's because of this shit, man. Hell yeah. But yeah, like Andy said, let us know. Uh, but I think that's all the time we got, guys. Uh, we'd like to thank you all for listening. Remember to follow Freeform Network on Twitter at Freeform Network. Send in those questions and suggestions to ffnquestions at gmail.com. Visit our webpage, freeformnetwork.podbean.com. There you're going to see all of our old episodes, 180 or so deep of episodes in there. Uh, a couple other one-offs with some other things that we've done. Uh, the two Daniels, man, some old stuff between me and my son that uh, he's getting too old to to want to do anymore with his old man. But, yeah, some cool nostalgia stuff in there for sure. Uh, hit that like and subscribe in whichever one that you're watching. 
whichever uh, service that you're using. But for Freeform Radio, we got Andy. It's all good, Andy. I want to thank you for listening, and then uh, we'll catch you next time. And we got Noel. Hey, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. We appreciate you. And I'm Daniel. Uh, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in, and uh, we will catch you on the next one. Dad.